Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark Ortis. I'm the director of Ward Students, and uh, we, man, we are so glad you decided to join us this morning on this day after Christmas. We're, we're over here in Greenmead Historical Park in Livonia, Michigan, and we're so excited to be filming here today. We're actually inside the Newburgh Church, which was originally built back in 1848 on land that was leased from jo Joseph Kingsley. And this was originally built as a Presbyterian meeting house. And, and even we got this beautiful stained glass behind me that was added in 1902. It's just a gorgeous church. And we're so thankful to Green Mead to allow us to be here filming this message today. So thank you so much. But man, here we are. It's the day after Christmas. All the parties are kind of fizzled out now, right? Except maybe some New Year's Eve stuff, but all the presents have been opened, the months and months of preparation all led up to yesterday. And now here we are the day after Christmas. And for some of us, the day after Christmas is actually a little bit better because that's when we get to actually play with all of our toys, play our new video games, that kind of thing. But also for a lot of us, the day after Christmas is kind of a letdown, right? Like all the excitement and all the building up to it, all the Mariah Carey, it's all gone now, right? And here we are left the day after wondering, you know, what was it really all for though? What was really the point of God taking on human form and coming down here to earth? I got this question one time from one of my students at one of my previous churches, which by the way, is where a lot of my greatest sermon illustrations come from, is questions from students. And she asked me this question. She said, Mark, if God really is all powerful, and if, if God wanted to forgive all of us, then why couldn't he just do it from heaven? Why couldn't he just snap his fingers and be done with it, you know? And, and, and it was one of those questions as a pastor where you really should know the answer to that question. And things ran through my head like, you know, well, I could tell her about how Jesus came here to earth to die on the cross. I could tell her about how Jesus came to love people and show us how to love people. But in that moment, I have to be honest with you, I didn't really feel like I had a great answer for her. I, and, and it made me wonder and it made me think about this because, man, Christmas is a really big deal, right? It's celebrated by people all over the world. And, and as the great theologian Bart Simpson once said, Christmas is the day where all religions come together to worship Jesus Christ, right? Feels that way, doesn't it? Like everybody is celebrating Christmas and it, it kind of leaves us all asking this question, but why did Jesus really come to earth? And you know, as I was thinking about this response and, and thinking about how I would answer this question in the future, I think what it came down to for me, and this is not by any means an original thought with me, you know, this is something that I'm sure I've read in books before and things like that, but I think when you get right down to it, there are three main roles that Jesus came to fulfill in our lives by coming down here, taking on human form, taking on a fleshly body, and, and walking with us on this earth. And those three roles I believe Jesus came to fulfill is Jesus came to be our prophet, our priest, and our king. Now, I know those are all kind of, except maybe king, those other two words are pretty churchy words and you may not really understand what I mean by that. So I wanna kind of go through these one at a time and show you how I believe Jesus came to fulfill all three of these roles in our lives. So the first one we'll be talking about is how Jesus Christ came to be our prophet. He came to be our prophet. Now in the Old Testament, all throughout, there's the stories of all these different prophets who came. And if you don't know what a prophet is, in its 
basic, most simple form. A prophet is a person sent by God to reveal God's word to God's people. So all throughout the Old Testament, we see the story of the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And and they kind of had this deal with God where God told them, as long as you follow me, I will lead you towards the way that I want you to go and towards the way that will be the best way for you, my people. And all throughout, if you've ever heard anything about the Old Testament, the people just missed it over and over and over again. They, they, they went a different direction than when God told them to go. They made different choices than what God told them was the right choices to make. And every time they did, they'd kind of get lost a little bit. So God would send one of these prophets to come alongside them and deliver a message directly from God to God's people. They kind of served that role to be God's sounding piece to his people. And prophets also came to point the people towards something better. I mean, think about it this way. For all you kids watching at home, I know you all are watching too. Think about it this way. You know, sometimes your parents will get upset with you or yell at you for something, but it's not because they don't like you, right? I mean, we get that, right? I mean, they still love you, but what they're trying to do is teach you how to have a better life, teach you a better way to go. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ came down here to earth to do for all of us. He came here to point us towards something better as our prophet. He came here to, yeah, sometimes reveal the sin in our hearts and in our lives, but then to point us towards something better. In the book of Acts, there's this quote from one of the greatest prophets probably to have ever lived, the prophet Moses. And he's quoted in the book of Acts as saying this in Acts chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. It says, For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Now, one more thing about Old Testament prophets that you probably should know is is in the Old Testament, the Word of God appears about 241 times. So when the prophets spoke, they kind of wanted to say where their authority was coming from. So they would say something like, for the Word of God has spoken this, or for God says, you know, in all these different ways of kind of prefacing to give where that authority comes from. But when Jesus came, he would say things like, truly I tell you, or for I have spoken it. He spoke with an authority that almost came, or it did come, directly from God the Father because he was one with the Father. So he spoke by his own authority, and he used that authority to point us always towards something better, to always teach us and show us a better way. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. And and, and we hear about this a little bit more about his authority in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. It says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. And when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. And the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, unlike the teachers of the religious law. Jesus claimed boldly over 50 times in the book of John alone, I tell you the truth. Jesus, as our great prophet, he came here to point us towards something better. And it wasn't so he could guilt us or shame us into following him, right? Because Jesus doesn't operate in guilt and shame. He operates in grace and truth. So when he came here to point us towards something better, it wasn't because he was trying to be some kind of strict keeper of the rules or anything like that. 
It's because Jesus desires us to have a better life. And through his teachings and his example and through his role of being a prophet in our lives, he does exactly that. He points us towards something better as our great prophet. And that's exactly what he does. So that's the first role that Jesus came here to fulfill was to be our prophet, to point us towards something better, something higher. And the second role Jesus came to this earth to fulfill is Jesus also came to be our priest. Now in the Old Testament, the role of the priest was pretty much a mediator between God and man. If you had something you wanted to take to God, if you had a, if you had a question about how you thought God would want you to act in a certain way or a certain area, the priest would come alongside and talk to God the Father for you. He would bring those requests, those prayers, before God for you. Even when you came to a priest to confess, if you had some areas in your life that, that, that you knew you weren't living the way God wanted you to, what you would do is you would bring a sacrifice to your priest to atone for those sins. And then the priest would make the sacrifice for you. It was all a relationship with the middleman, and the middleman was that priest. But then came Jesus, our great high priest. He came here to earth to be our mediator between us and God the Father. When Jesus came, he made a way that we can directly bring our requests and our, our man, even our confess our sins and all that kind of stuff. We can bring it directly to God because now our mediator, our priest, lives inside of our hearts. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that Jesus came to be our great high priest. He came to earth in order to be able to identify with us, to identify with us and in, in, in the way we live and the things we face. And as our great high priest, Jesus also made the ultimate sacrifice. When, well, you know, for, to end all other sacrifices, he sacrificed himself, the purest, most spotless lamb, right? The perfect sacrifice, the sacrifice to end all other sacrifices so that we could be forgiven. See, Jesus' role as priest, it, it takes him as our prophet, pointing us towards something better. And as our priest, we come to understand that as our prophet, he's doing it in a compassionate, loving way to point us towards something better, to bring our confessions to God. And, and you know, the thing about it is he even today, even after he finished his physical time here on earth, right? Even today, he is still going to God the Father with our requests and our petitions. He is still praying for us at the right hand of God the Father, even today, being that great high priest that he was then, that he still is to this very day. So that's the second thing. He came to be our prophet. He came to be our priest. And he also fulfilled one last role when he came here to earth, one of those Old Testament roles. Jesus also came to be our king. In John chapter 18, verses 36 through 37, we hear these words. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said, So you are a king. And Jesus responded, You say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love me... And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. 
Jesus said that, that the kingdom he came for, that his kingdom is one that includes everybody, includes the sick and the healthy, the poor and the rich. It's a kingdom where all are welcome to get on board with this kingdom that is defined by things like love and joy and peace. And Jesus came to build that kingdom. And not only that, Jesus came to reign as king in our lives as well. And see, this is where a lot of us miss this sometimes. You know, we, we, we like the things Jesus taught. We like the things Jesus preaches. But we don't really want to let him have control over every part of our lives. But see, as our great king, that's what we were created to do. To give Jesus that kingdom in our own hearts to rule over every single part of us. Not so we could be his slaves or subject to him or anything like that. But because he's the one who created us. He knows what it takes for us to have a better life for us to truly live to the potential that he created us to have for us to be fully alive. Jesus came to be our king, came to be our prophet, our priest, and our king. So at this point, you might be thinking to yourselves, well, I like a couple of those, right? Like I, I like maybe a couple of those, but I don't know about all three. And, and we see this coming through in some Christianity today, this watered down kind of Christianity that John talks about in Revelation or this lukewarm Christianity. See, some people, they love to see Jesus as their prophet and king. They love to see Jesus as one who points out the flaws in others. And not only do they like to see Jesus doing that, man, some, some Christians like to do that themselves, to point out the flaws in everybody else. But the problem is they get prone to that legalism because they miss the part where Jesus is also our priest. They love to point out the sin and the flaws in other people, but when it comes to coming alongside them and helping point them towards something better, they kind of miss that part. And the resulting Christianity we see is one that is prone to legalism. We see God almost as this stern, harsh ruler on a kingdom far away, just sitting up there as our king, sure, as our prophet, pointing out all the sin in our lives, but not as a father who comes as close to us as our next breath to walk through our struggles in this world and, and to carry us when we need to be carried as our priest. Or some other people, man, we love to see Jesus as our prophet and priest, but not our king. So we love the parts about what Jesus teaches, but again, there's some parts of our lives that we want to keep to ourselves. And the problem with this type of Christianity is sometimes we finding ourselves just picking and choosing what parts of Christianity or God's kingdom we like to live for. And if there's something that we're not crazy about, we just kind of leave that part out. And the resulting faith we see is we're still the ones in control. And that's what we love, right? As human beings, we love being in control. So that's the problem with this area is we say that his word is true, but we'll follow it on our terms. Or maybe for some of you, you say, no, I love God being king of my life. I love knowing he has the wheel. And I love the loving nature of God, how he comes alongside me and is compassionate and his love is unconditional. But we don't really like thinking about Jesus as our prophet. Man, we love the fact that he loves us. We love the fact that he loves others. But we're not crazy about when, when those times when the Holy Spirit points out a part of us that we know needs to change. And the resulting faith we see here is one that will never really take us to the next level as followers of Jesus Christ and lead us directly into not only being a part of his kingdom, but growing his kingdom when we can't see him as the one pointing us 
in the direction that we need to go. So my question for you today is, man, are you really allowing Jesus to have every one of these roles in your life? Are, are, you, are you giving Jesus the opportunity to speak to you and come into your lives and point you towards something better as your prophet? Are, are you giving Jesus the time? Are you giving him the space to come alongside and be close to you and near to you through your troubles as your great priest and allowing him to go to the Father on your behalf? And are you really allowing Jesus to be king over every part of your life? Because until you're ready to submit those three areas of your life to him, man, you will never be truly and fully alive. And that's God's desire for your life, is to live a life filled with purpose, building God's kingdom right here on earth. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you that uh, you, you sent your son down here to earth to be our prophet, our priest, our king. God, I thank you that Jesus Christ comes into our lives and always points us towards something better, a better way of living. I thank you, God, that Jesus is close to us and that you as our Father draw close to us as well as our great high priest. And I thank you, God, that even now, Jesus is bringing all of our petitions straight to your throne. And God, I thank you that you are the king over our hearts, over our lives. You are the king of all kings. And we're so thankful, God, that the kingdom we're living for is so much bigger than this world. And we love you, God, and we pray all these things in your holy name. Amen.